This week's parsha is Parsha's Truma. In the parsha, it says, by the Binyan HaKalim, the building of the vessels that are part and parcel of the Kedushas HaMishkan. So the major Kli is, of course, the Aaron. And the Pasuk says, V'asu Aaron Atzei Shittim. The Aaron should be made of Atzei Shittim, special type of wood, Amasayim v'chetzi arkai. Two and a half amas is the length of the aron. The amma v'chetzi rachbai, the width is one and a half amma. The amma v'chetzi kaimasai. And one and a half amma should be the height of the aron. And what's strange about this pasuk about the measurements of the Aaron as opposed to the measurements of the other Kalim, is that all of the measurements of the Aaron are broken in half. So you have two and a half by one and a half by one and a half. The other, the other Kalim, sometimes there are half measures, but there are also whole measures. But the Aaron has all, every single dimension, the width and the height and the length, all of them are half, two and a half by one and a half by one and a half, which is very strange. If I was designing a, uh, uh, a kli, especially the aron, I'd probably make it nice and even, round off to the nearest hole. Why are you making it dafka in half ama measures? And the Balaturim mentions this, that kol midaisav shala aron hayu bechatsayin, and he says that it comes to teach us that whoever learns Taira has to break himself. Just like the half measure, the half ama is a broken ama, it's not a complete ama. If you want to have success in Limana Taira, you have to be able to be lowly, you have to be able to be machnia yourself, you have to have shiflos and anivos, a balgaiva, the Taira will not reside in. The Torah will seek the lower person, the person that is humble and modest and sanua and doesn't think that he is so great. He understands that he's always um, incomplete. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves that. There's a famous word from the Kotzker that there is nothing as whole as a broken heart. Somebody that has a broken heart to the Rabbi is the most complete person. And somebody that breaks his midah, somebody that has a chatsi ama inside of him, he is the person that can attain Taira. And of course, the aron is the kli which represents Taira. Because the aron inside of the aron was the luchais and the shivrei luchais and the sefer Taira. Everything was inside of the aron. Everything was Taira inside of the aron. So if we understand that the Kli, which represents Taira, is the Arain. We understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu deemed it appropriate that all of the measures of the Arain should be half. Because half represents the Shviras Hamidas. I would like to suggest perhaps a different Mahalach in explaining why we break up the measures into half. I think most B'nai Torah, most people that have learned in yeshiva, 
have at one point or another felt the tremendous difficulty of sitting by Gemara for an extended period of time and learning. Of course, there are always those individuals that have this inborn geschmack in learning, a cheshek that is unparalleled, and they're, all they want to do all day and all night is sit and learn, and that's uh, so enviable. But many people just naturally do not have that inborn abbas ha-tayra, cheshek ha-tayra, this curiosity, this bikush of tayra. We want to be tamidich hachamim, but we also want to chill. We want to be able to take it easy. We want to enjoy life. And it's very hard to have the zitzvleish, to have that ability to sit and to have that hasmada that it takes to be a tamar chacham. And so we come to Beis Medrash, let's say for first Seder, it starts at 9.15, and we look at the clock and we say, wow, 9.15 to 10.15, 10.15 to 11.15, 11.15 to 12, that's like a two and three quarter hours. It's a lot of time to sit. It's a lot of time to sit and to learn. So we get a coffee. That will kill a couple of minutes. And then we schmooze with our chavrusa. We check our emails. And we try to like sort of whittle away the time because it's very hard to sit an entire seder. And if you think that's hard, then try sitting first seder and second seder which is in certain yeshivas, certain second seder can sometimes go till 7, 7.30 at night. And that's another three, four hours. And then night seder is another two hours. And then after night seder is who knows how long. So if you have that geschmack in learning, then that's all you want to do. That's amazing. Just like, give me more time and I'll use it to learn. But... For many people, it's not so easy. For many people, it's a challenge to sit and learn Abaye, Varaba, Rashi, Vatisis. But yet we want to learn, but it's hard. And to sit for an extended period of time might be very easy if you're watching a movie, but to sit with a Gemara, with a Chavrusa, is not always the easiest thing in the world. And this is an old problem. This isn't a problem that developed in the year 2019. It's something which happened many, many, many hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. It was never easy for people to sit and learn. It was always a challenge. There's a great story that's told about the Kovna Rav, Rabbi Yitzchak Inspector, who was sitting in the base Medrash, and he was learning, and he was singing in his learning, and he was sitting by a window, and outside the window there were two people that were working on the cisterns outside, like, similar if you go now on 150th Street, you have Con Ed guys, and they're working, you know, with Amelos, and they're mamish schwitzing and doing the piping, I don't know what they're doing there, but it's, uh, it's quite impressive that these guys have the ability to, uh, to work so hard in the cold, and they're doing it for Tyra, they're doing it for us, but they don't realize it. But it's a, it's a tremendous chus that they're getting. So there were two Yidin that were working outside of Rebbe Salchanan's base madrash in the heat 
of the summer in Kovna was very hot. And Rabbi Yisrael in the base Medrash, who was a nice, cool base Medrash, I guess. And Rabbi Yisrael overhears one worker say to the other, boy, the rabbi is so lucky because he's able to sit and study, learn Tyra a whole day in the base Medrash. Look at us. We have to dig and schwitz and, and, and build and, and, and it's so hard. If only we were like the rabbi, we'd be able to sit in a, in a base medrash all day and study. What a life this guy has. Abyssal Khanan sticks his head out the window and he asks these guys, he says, you would like to do what I'm doing? He says, yeah, of course. <laughs> you think we like schwitzing out here? You don't think we'd like to learn inside? He says, how much do you get paid a day? Uh, they got paid $100 each a day. He says, fine. He says, tomorrow morning, come to the base madrash at 8 o'clock in the morning, and if you sit and learn the entire day from 8 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock in the afternoon, whatever your normal hours would be working out here, I'll pay you each $100 happily. You'll be able to learn Tyra. You'll be able to, like you said you wanted to, and uh, it'll be great. So they look at each other. They say, wow, this is like a dream come true. This is what we've been dying to do. We don't want to shvit that here. We want to learn Tyra in the base Medrash. So he says, fine, 8 o'clock in the morning, we'll see you too. 8 o'clock in the morning comes, and they, uh, they're there, and they're wearing, you know, they're not wearing their Khan Ed uniforms anymore. They're wearing, like, a Yeshiva Bacher uniform. And Rabbi Yitzhak says, okay, so, you know, whatever you're going to be learning, start now, and, uh, and uh, you know, at 5 o'clock, I'll pay you. Great. So... First, they start learning, uh, you know, say, say some tillim. That takes them about, you know, 10, 15 minutes, and they're getting fidgety already. And then they put away their tillim. They say, let's try to learn some mishnayas. They take out some mishnayas, and they start trying to read it, and it's very difficult, and whatever. But Khan had to go somewhere. He comes back, you know, maybe an hour later. He sees these two guys digging the ditches outside of the base medrash again in their Khan Ed uniforms. So he sticks his head out. He says, what, what, what happened? He says, Rabbi, we can't do it. It's not for us. He says, it's good for you. It's not good for us. We are, we are built to work, to schwitz, to do this is our amelos, and you have your amelos. Because it's very hard. It's hard to sit and learn. Sitting and learning is not an easy thing for many, many people. Maybe for Bitzel Khan it was, but for many people, it's hard. It's a challenge. So how do you overcome this challenge? How are you able to become a masmid against the natural inclination of moving, of running, of doing? It's hard to sit in one place and learn all day. But yet, the Torah wants us to. This is game chayenu. This is what we're supposed to be doing. How do you become a masmid when you don't have that natural bikush, that natural curiosity, that natural love of Torah? So the Svarim write and the Gudailim say pretty much the same Eitzah. This is a secret of success that many Gudailim used to give over to people that had this very issue. And that is to break down the Nisayim. 
And what that means is that if I'm looking at the clock, if I'm looking at the clock and I see that, okay, now it's 9.20 in the morning, and I have to learn until 9.20 at night, that means that I have a full 12 hours of learning. I, I can't do that. Don't look at the clock that way. Break up the Nisayan. Break up the Nisayan into pieces. Say, listen, it's very hard for me to learn a whole first Seder. I'm not going to learn a whole first Seder. I'm going to learn from now, from 9.15 until 10. 45 minutes I could do. That's doable. At 10 o'clock, we'll see where we're holding. 10 o'clock, maybe I'll get a coffee for myself. Maybe I'll, 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 I'll make that phone call that I have to make. But let's see what happens at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock comes, and hopefully by then we'll already have been involved in the Gemara, involved in the Tysis, and it's Geschmack. And now you'll want to say, okay, now it's 10 o'clock, let's try it till 10.30. Rabbi Yaman Kamenetsky used to say that this was the Eitzah that his father, Rabbi Yaakov, used to give him. And he used to say that, I really learned this from childhood. My father didn't give me this Eitzah necessarily for learning, but he gave it to me for other things. For example, he said, sometimes he would send me on a shlichas to go and deliver a package somewhere that was miles away. I didn't want to walk miles away. Who wants to walk miles? So he says, don't walk miles. Walk from one lamppost to the other lamppost. That you could do. One lamppost just walked from, one, from lamppost A to lamppost B and then stop. Once you're there, you have a little bit of a sense of accomplishment. Okay, I did that. Now let's try to walk to the next lamppost, then the next lamppost. And before you know it, you'll be at your destination. And this is what Rabbi Yaman said that was the lesson that he took from his father in terms of learning also. If you break up the Nisayan into pieces, it makes it doable. Sometimes things that are so big are impossible. You know, it's still Shavu Shachalbay of the Super Bowl. This is the site of, of, of football. Football is basically, if you're the quarterback and you're trying to get it, the ball 100 yards down, 100 yards is very big. It's a, it's a very big field, 100 yards. It doesn't look so big on a little screen, but it's very long. And it's very hard to get it down the field to the end zone with 100 jlubs that are you know 400-pound guys that are trying to attack you. So what does a quarterback do? A quarterback doesn't say, oh my gosh, how am I going to get it 100 yards down? He takes it one first down and let's try just to get first downs. And once you get one first down and then another first down, another, before you know it, you're in the end zone. You don't do it through just throwing Hail Marys. That doesn't work. You have to be able to just systematically do it one play at a time, trying to get one first, and before you know it, after enough first downs and enough, enough good plays, you're going to be able to score a touchdown. The stipler teaches us this also. He used to say that when he was in Russia... He was conscripted into the Russian army, and it was a terrible thing to be drafted into the army, especially the Russian army, but he was, and there was very famous stories about his mysterious nefesh through that, throughout those years. And what happened was that 
It was so bitter cold, and he was expected to do guard duty. And his turn was on Shabbos, on Friday night. And the guard before him was a guy, and there was a fur coat that they used to exchange to do guard duty, because you had to wear a fur coat. You couldn't wear anything else than fur in order, if you're going to survive by sitting out in, a, in the Siberian night, you can't do that with a regular coat. You needed a fur coat. So the guard before him that had the duty, instead of handing it off to the stipler, he basically left a little early and he hung it on, on a branch of a tree, the fur coat. The stipler comes, it's already Shabbos, and he sees that the coat is on a tree. And to take off a coat from a tree is a shvos, it's a drabonon. And it's bikuach nefesh. You can't stay outside without wearing a coat. It's physically impossible. But the stipler had such zahiras of chil shabbos that he was torn. He didn't just, or we would say, okay, bikuach nefesh, and right away take it off the tree and put it on. The stipler was different. The stipler looked at the coat and he says, I have to take it off the tree because bikuach nefesh. But it's not pikuach nefesh yet. Right now I'm alive. Baruch Hashem, I think I can make it 10 minutes in the cold without having to put it on. So I, I, until it's pikuach nefesh mamish, I don't want to violate the shvus of taking it off the tree. So he waited 10 minutes, and then in 10 minutes says, look, I'm still alive, I still have a pulse. Let's wait another 10 minutes before I take it off the tree. And the entire night went by, and he was able to not put on that fur coat the entire night, ten minutes at a time. It wasn't the entire night. If he would look at it and say, you know what, I'm not going to wear this coat an entire night, he probably would have died right then and there. But if you do things broken up, if you do things in ten-minute increments, bite-sized, it's doable. Things are doable when we break it up into incremental pieces. If we look at it like an entire night, it's impossible. But 10 minutes at a time, I could do. Rebbeinus and Ibershitz, when he was a little child, he was a brilliant child. There are many famous leg- stories about Rebbeinus and Ibershitz as a kid. But one, he used to say that there was a contest between him and the other children who could climb up a very, very high tree. And all the kids, they got up maybe 10 feet, 15 feet, 20 feet, and then they had to come back down. Rabbi Ennis and Ibershitz is a kid. I doubt he was like the jock amongst all of his friends. He was a, you know, a masmid atzum, an eloi. But yet he managed somehow to climb to the top of the tree and then come back down. When he came back down, they asked him, how did you do that? No one else is able to do that in the whole city, and you're able to do it. He said, I'll tell you the difference between me and you. He says, you, you were climbing up the tree, but you kept on looking up. You were looking up at how much more you have to go. You look up, you see another couple hundred feet of tree. It's like, it's not shy. I can't keep on climbing this tree. He says, I didn't do that. I was looking down. I was looking at the accomplishments that I did already. I climbed up 10 feet. Feels good. The endorphins kick in. Climb up another 10 feet. Now I'm 20 feet up. And I kept on looking downward at my accomplishments, and then I was able, before you know it, I was at the top of the tree. If I would have looked up at what I still have left to go, I wouldn't have been able to do it. That's how it is with Tyra. 
if you have a seder and you're looking at three hours of sitting and learning, very, very hard, almost impossible to do if you don't have that natural drive, if you're a mere mortal. But you could go 10 minutes at a time, you can go 20 minutes at a time, and once you go 20 minutes, you feel, wow, I did it. I was able to learn 20 minutes. That's amazing. Let me try another 20 minutes. You learn another 20 minutes, and now you already have that sense of accomplishment. You go another 20, another 20, another. Before you know it, it's lunch. You don't even want to stop for lunch. You're going to continue. Because when you feel success, when you're able to taste success incrementally, the body loves that. It's like sometimes I have a whole list of things I have to take care of in, during the day. And it's so hard. It's so like exhaustive, like even to think about all the things kicking around in my brain. I'm going to Eretz Yisrael Mitzvah Shem Shabbos. And like today I have so many little errands to do. And I, you know, it's just like such a, a tircha. But what I do is I write, I just make a list. You make a list, and as you're doing the thing, you check it off. When you check off, or when you cross out that thing off the list, it gives you a feeling of, a, you don't realize it, but the, the mind loves that taste of accomplishment. Okay, I got that thing done, it's off the list. Now I just have to, and you want to do the next thing on the list, because you want to cross that off. Once you cross something off, or you check it off your list, there is such a, a psychological feeling of success and triumph, that it makes it not only doable, but even gishmak. But you can't look at success as being a huge goal. You have to break down the goals into little pieces so that success comes quicker. Because that's how we like it. We like things very instant gratification. So give yourself the instant gratification. Allow yourself to have that feeling of success, success, success. That's what a person wants. And that's what the mind wants, and that's how the G'daylim tell us that you'll be able to accomplish great things, but not if you look at it like an impossible goal, but slow goals, quick, easier goals. Reb Shlomo Freifeld was a master mechanic. One of my favorite books, and I always uh, push it, Recommend it to be read. It's an unbelievable book. If you want to go into Chinuch or Kirov or Rabbanus or any, or, or just to be a good, a good Jew, read the biography of Arab Shlema Freifeld. He's just such an unusual, perceptive, brilliant human being. So he had a Talmud in one of his Chinuch positions. I don't think it was when he was a Rosh Shiva and Shayashva. I think it was when he was Manal in Chaim Berlin, if I'm not mistaken. And he used to very much push making siyum in his whole life, even when he was in Sharyashiv. He was very, when he, when he founded Sharyashiv also with, the, with his Bali Tshuva, he was very, very insistent on siyum, finish things. Because, again, when you finish things, it gives you that feeling of success. There's not, if you sit in a, you know, you're learning a whole year, and you, you learn eight blot of, in the, you know, in, of Be'ion, and then you learn 15 blot of Be'kiyas, 20 blot of Be'kiyas, at the end of the year, and you don't chazer, there's nothing more depressing than that. You don't feel any, there's no endorphins, there's no, no carrots, no rewards, no, no, no coins, you know, as prizes, nothing. So he used to very much insist on making siyumim. Finish the mesechta, finish the parak, finish, just 
accomplish. Because when you make siyumim, you feel like, wow, I, I have a kinyin on something, I accomplished something. And you chazer it, you make another siyum, tremendous feelings of sipuk. So, there was, uh, it was the beginning of Isman, they were learning ksuvas. Ksuvas is like the longest mesechta, it's the hardest mesechta, it's shas katan, it's geshmat mesechta, there's so much to do in ksuvas. It's a long, long mesechta. I think this, the, the Chazanish, I think you say that Ksuvis is the hardest Mesefta in Shas. And that the hardest Perak in Shas, I think, is Kira and Shabbos. But, but it's the hardest Mesefta. So, so, but Shaman Freifog, the Manal of the Chaim Berlin base, uh, High School, I think it was, he gave a fire and brimstone schmooze the first day of the Zman. I want everyone to make a Siyam at the end of the year. Ksuvis. We're going to do Ksuvis this year. And everybody's okay, rah, 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 ksuvas, we're going to finish ksuvas, and they're making charts, and chavrusas, and night seder, and after night seder, and they were going to conquer this mesechva. There was one bacher in the yeshiva that was very shvacha bacher. He had, he, he had very weak skills in terms of reading, in terms of learning, in terms of understanding, very, very weak. And after the shmuz was over, and everyone was pumped, he goes over to Rabbi Freifeld and he says, Rabbi, he says, you're asking me to finish Ksuvas? He says, it's hard for me to finish a single Mishnah. It's hard for me to finish a single Rashi. A little Tysis. I can't, it's, for me, it's like, it's like Mount Everest. It's like climbing Mount Everest. How do you expect me to do this? I, I should finish a whole Masechta Ksuvas? I can't finish Harius. I can't finish Tainus. How am I going to finish Ksuvas? Impossible. And Rafi felt, felt very bad. The next day, he comes into the base Madrash, and he did an unbelievable thing, Reb Shlema. He brings a beautiful leather-bound sefer. And it says on it, Mesechus Ksuvis, a beautiful, like, fancy spitz leather binding with gold letters with a bacher's name on it. And he presents it to the bacher. Rabbi says, what's this? He says, open it up. He opens it up, and the whole binding, the whole sefer, was one daf in the Sefer's Ksuvah, daf bays. He had daf bays, leather bound, with his name, Mesechus Ksuvah. He says, this is your Mesechta, go and make a seam on it. This is your Masechta. Forget about the rest of the Masechta. Your Masechta is Daf Beis and Ksuvis. Maybe other guys can finish the whole, the whole Masechta. I'm not expecting you to do that. This is your Ksuvis. Your Ksuvis is Daf Beis. And this Bacha was filled with such adrenaline, such a high, such a, a, a doable goal that he was able to work through, plow through Daf Beis and know it and be tested on and feel such Sipok and that was the beginning of the success that he had in his learning for the rest of his life. Because Rabbi Shlomo Freifeld understood this Yisaid, that if the goal is too big, whether it's in hours, in blot, in eon, in Bikiyos, in halacha, if you make it an impossible goal, I retire before I even start. I don't want to, I can't. I can't, it's too much. But when you break it down, and when you say, that's not your Masechta, Masechta is not your Masechta, 
That phase is your Mesechta. That's your Mesechta. Make a seam on this. That is doable. That's a tremendous accomplishment. There's a famous story about a certain Balchuva whose father was a boxer. Famous story. And the father wasn't from. His son became from and learning in yeshiva and a bentaira. And the father always watched his son learning Gemara. And he was curious. You know, he wasn't a learned man. He wasn't educated at all. He was a boxer. But he says, what are you, what are you learning? He says, I'm learning Talmud. Ancient, uh, ancient text, legal. So he says, he says would, would you mind learning it with me? He says, Dad, I don't know if it's for you. He says, well, why not? Oh, it's very hard. It's legalistic. It's, uh, you know, Aramaic. It's... He says, let's try. So he says, fine. So they start learning together. And he was breaking his head on this. It was very, very difficult for him. And they learned for a very, very long time. Every day they learned another line, another Rashi, another... And before you know it, you know, he was working very hard and he was accomplishing this father, this boxer. And they finished, finally, after a very long time of learning together, they finished that phase in whatever Masefta it was that they were learning. They happened to live in Lower East Side and this Balshuba, the son, went to Ramesh Feinstein, who lived in Lower East Side and said told him the story, told him that his father is not from, his father is a boxer, and his father, we just went through Daf Beis, and we're making a, a seam on Daf Beis, and we want to, I want to give him chizuk, I want to, want to give him encouragement, and would Rashiva be able to come to the seam? And Ramesha came to the seam of this boxer, learning one Daf of Gemara, and he was Mishabeachim, he praised him, he gave him tremendous Shabbach and, and Yikar and Gedula at this beautiful, momentous seum. The next morning, the boxer did not wake up. He died in his sleep that night. And Ramesha was masked him. And Ramesha says, Yesh kaina aylamai bishaachas. There are those who acquire their world, their Elam Haba, in one hour. And some people are able to acquire their Gansen Nitzchias, their Elam Haba, with one daf. One daf of Gemara. If you look at a Masechta as the whole Masechta, it's very hard. But if you break it down one daf at a time, that's your Elam. Don't look at the entire Masechta, it's impossible, and Chazara, and Taisusin, and Rishainim, and Achreinim, how am I going to ever master this thing? You're, you're, you're doing it all wrong. Don't look at it as a Masechta. Look at it as your Masechta is the daf that you're on. The Chavitz Chaim used to say, to say that a human being should always look at himself as being, I am one person in the world, and I have one tachlis in my life, and I have one Gemara in front of me, and it's the daf that I'm learning. If you look at too many things, you get depressed. If you look at what you don't know, and how much of Shas is, is, is too far beyond your scope and your reach, 
and how much halacha you're an amaritz in, and how much uh, musar you don't know, and how many ideas are lacking. It's just pure depression, and you will always sink every single time because it's arucha meretz midah. It's impossible to master so much. But when a person is able to not look at what he doesn't know, but look at what you do know, and look at how far you did come, and look at what you're able to accomplish, if you're able to break things up in time and space and death, you don't know how great a trick this is to being able to be a real Tamil Chacham. This is what it is. This is how people do it. This is how even great people do it. It's very hard for some people to be a masmid, a natural masmid. There's an amazing story about the Panavichirov, which I'm, I'm scared to say over because I saw it in a sefer and I, I don't believe the sefer, but this is what it says about the Panavichirov. The Panavichirov, according to this sefer, said that, I mean, what happened was he was, I think he was the son-in-law of the Vilkamirov. The Vilkamirov was one of Gadobatayra. Rav Shach was born in Vilkamir, it was a very hush of a city. And he took as his son-in-law, this Vilkamirov, the Panavichirov of Kahneman. Rav Kahneman was an Eli Atzim. He knew everything. He had a huge yeshiva before moving to Herzl and starting the, the great Panovich yeshiva. In Lita already, he was a Talmud of the Chavitz Chaim and he started his own, uh, he started, he was the Rav in Panovich and he had in Panovich a, a, a big yeshiva, a Beis Yaakov, a Beis Yisayimim. He was a builder, unparalleled builder, unsurpassed, tremendous builder before Eretz Yisrael. And then Eretz Yisrael just completely, he took it to another level. The Vilkamir Rav took this Rav Kahneman as a son-in-law and he didn't see him learning so much. He was like busy like raising money and building and this and that. He says, well, I took you as a son-in-law. I thought you were going to be the God Ladar. I thought you were going to, you know... Be sitting and learning day and night. I'm, I'm supporting you. What are you doing? And the Panavichirov supposedly said, if you would lock me in a basement, if you would lock me in a room that has all the svarim in the world, and you feed me the finest foods, and all I have to do all day, day and night, is sit and learn, I would break out of the window. I'd find like a, a you know the, one of those small windows in the basement. I'd pop it open. I'd get. I would escape. I'm not built for this. Now, he was an elu. Let's not kid ourselves. He wasn't a kid at risk at all. He was, he wasn't a, and he had no learning disabilities. He was an elu atzum. If Shach used to say that if he wasn't going around the world collecting money for Panovich, he would be the Rosh Hashiva of the Dar in terms of lumdus and learning, whatever. But he was built different. He wasn't built to sit. He didn't have the zitzvah. He was a mover. He was a shaker. He was a doer. He was a builder. And he recognized that in himself. He still put himself down and he learned and he was able to accomplish tremendously in learning. But it wasn't naturally natural for him. Some people do have that natural ability. You know, they just, all they want to do is sit and learn and, you know, they get bitten by the terror bug and day and night they're mamish, unbelievable masmidim. They never budge from their safer. They become part of the base matter, part of the furniture. They're just always there. But there are many people that do not have that ability. And that's not a bad thing. That's just a real thing. It's just a human thing. It doesn't mean that you're, you're not capable of being a Ben Tyra. You are. But you need a little bit of, a, of, a, of some life coaching to get you there. And this is what the G'dayli Yisrael, I'm not the coach for this, but this is what the G'dayli Yisrael say to do. 
they say that what you have to do is just break down the Nisayan into integrals, into parts. Make it bite-sized, make it doable, feel success, and then go weiter. And before you know it, you'll look at yourself in the mirror and you'll say, wow, you're the Masmin Adar. Because you want it so badly and you're able to accomplish it through doing it in real, concrete, doable steps. And don't think... And don't think that this is not appreciated by the Rabbinic Shalom. You know, we think that when we don't learn as much as we could, that the Rabbinic Shalom looks down on us. And, you know, he loves the guys that are sitting and learning day and night, that they can't get enough of tired. But me, I, I'm trying my best. I'm, I'm learning as well as I think I can. But... It's not going so easy for me, and I need to take a lot of breaks, and I need to I need to chill a little bit. I, it's not for me. I'm not I'm not cut out for this. And uh, probably the revenge is not so happy with my learning because uh, it's bitoltaira and it's hefsek, it's noritzifus, and all the musar that we've heard throughout our life about you know and and the the which resonates as meaning to us that our learning is subpar. You know, somebody once came to the stipler. a mashkiach in yeshiva, bringing a, a shvacha bacher, quote-unquote, who felt that he was not learning as well as the rest of the guys in the shir. He had certain learning disabilities. He didn't have the zitzvayish, and it was very hard for him. And yet he was trying really valiantly, but he wasn't able to, to do as much as he thought, you know, the other guys in the shir were doing. And he wasn't, he felt like really depressed that he was not accomplishing as much as everybody else, and everybody else is such a mutzlach, and I'm not. And the mashkiach didn't know what to do with him because he was really getting depressed. So he, the only address that he could think of taking him to was, of course, the stipler, who was the fountain of chizuk for all b'nei Torah. If you look at the svarim, the stipler, Kreina de Grusa, three volumes of svarim of pure chizuk that he wrote to b'nei Torah. And Eitzis, and Hadracha, and Musar, and Teichacha, and everything to b'nei Torah. So he brought him to the stipler, and the stipler said to him as follows. He says, I want you to know something. He looks at the bacher. He says, I'm willing to take a shvua to Iraisa. A shvua on the Torah. I'll take a Sefer Torah out right now, and I'll take a shvua on the Sefer Torah about the following. That when you with your limited abilities and your limited zitzvah and your limited cup, sits with a Gemara, even for a few moments, and you try your best to sit and learn and read that Gemara and read that Rashi and read that Taisus to the best of your ability. You might not be seeing the Machlekes, the Nekudas and Machlekes between the Rishayim and it doesn't all gel in your mind and everything is complicated and you need Chazara after Chazara after Chazara. He says, I'll take a shvua dairait so that when you're sitting and learning for those few minutes, the Rabbi Nishram says, Lepamal Yeshalai. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to all of his ministering angels that accompany him, be quiet, I don't want to hear your taira, I don't want to hear your singing, I don't want to hear your, your shavach, because that bachar in yeshiva 
with all of his limited abilities, is trying as best as he can to learn. He's doing it slowly, he's doing it incrementally, but those tidbits of Tyra that he's doing, those crumbs of Tyra, are to me the most valuable thing in the world. The stifler wrote a letter to a Talmud. It appears in the first volume of Kraina de Igrisa. If you want to look it up, it's the third letter in the Sefer, page Ches. To a Bacher that also felt he wasn't being Matzliach. It's called Divrei Chizuk Vadracha Vidil of Neitaira. It's support and encouragement to Bneitaira. He says, Let me write to you what I know from experience, says the stipler. Talmidim tsi'irim tayim harbe bidim Young Talmidim always make this mistake in their world of fantasy. Bechashvam she'enam matzlichem enam ayom. They think that they're not steiging, they're not getting greater in learning. Ki ha'atzlocha la'aliyah amitis en nikeres le'inatalma. Meaning, they think that the guys that are making the siyumim in that room with Reisman cakes and, you know, and, and cookies and and soda, and popcorn, and they keep on making seum every other day, they're making another seum, another seum, or they're the ones that are asking the great questions in shir, and they're the ones up till three o'clock in the morning, they're matzliach, and I'm not matzliach. He says, that's a huge mistake. What do you mean? But I don't see any success. I don't see that, that quick fix. He says, You're not able to see it. It's not visible to the naked eye what aliyah is, what atzlacha is in learning. It's not something that you could take a daily pulse and say, oh wow, look, I'm getting better in learning. You can't see it. It's not going to happen to your eye. It's not going to, it's not going to be visible. Kol Every daf, forget the mesechta, Every daf of Gemara that you learn and you know it, you chop it, you're kind of that daf, that is a success. That deserves a trophy. That deserves a, uh, you know, a, a tremendous uh, a prize, a reward. It's success. Called Taisis Sheivina Yatzlacha. Every single Taisis, not just the really big ones, even the little one-liners. You get that Taisis, you're kind of, you put it in your pocket, that's a reward that's in, that, that you can't be Meshire. Ula'at la'at, kaivetz al-yad yarbe. Slowly but surely, you'll be able to triumph and, and, and see the real success. Uva meshech hazman naseh l'gadol b'Yisrael. This is the stipler saying a fact. He's not saying something to butter people up. He's not sugarcoating anything. He's saying the reality that he knew himself, from experience. That before you know it, you look in the mirror, you'll see a God of From one daf at a time, from one taisa at a time, being kind of a little here, a little there. What do you think a tamachacham is? You think a tamachacham that, that knows so much is somebody that was born, you think Rav Shach was born Rav Shach? You think the stipler was born Rav, born the stipler? It came from learning a Pasuk Chomish, learning the Rashi on it, chazering the Rashi 20 times, learning the Sosisharim slowly, savoring it line by line. And over the time, over the course of time, 
it all became a part of his entire personality. But, but it, it didn't happen in one day. Rome wasn't built in a day. A little here, a little there. That's the way you become great. Without taking a daily pulse. Oh, wow. Uh, did I change from today to yesterday? From, from today, since yesterday till today? I don't see any growth. Yeah, because if you keep doing that, you're never going to feel any success because you're, you're already, you're making the goal too great. It's a hundred yards away. But if you do one day, one yard a day, you might not see it. It might not be so discernible, but it's there. The growth is there and it's coming and it's, it's, you'll feel it soon. Saif covered love. The covered will come in the end, but you have to be patient with yourself, with the Tyra. You have to figure out a way to break it down so that you're, you're happy with your success. Don't expect too much from yourself. Make it doable. This was a stipend, well, this is autobiographic, this letter. The famous story of Chaim Shmulevitz who came to visit his uncle, Rav Yafin, who was Rosh Shiva Navardik. Navardik was a very big network of yeshivas, but this particular yeshiva was in Bialystok, one of the biggest branches, if not the biggest branch in Navardik, like the mothership of Navardik. It was a base marriage that was teeming with Bnei Taira. Teeming. I don't know how many, but hundreds of Bnei Taira sitting in a packed base medrash. And Reb Chaim came to visit his uncle, and he said, naturally, he said to his uncle, can you tell me who's the best guy in Navardik? The natural thing. We all like knowing who's the best guy. So his uncle took him on a tour of the base medrash. He says, see that guy over there? Yeah. He's the biggest masmid. Unbelievable masmid. His mama should around the clock. No sleep, no food. Wow. So he's the best guy? He says, no, he's not the best guy. He says, well, you see the guy over there? He says, he's the biggest lamdan. He's like sharp as a whip. He's able, his lamdan, his mamish, like unmatched. He's, he's a crazy lamdan. He says, wow, so he's the best guy in Egypt. No, he's not. He says, you see that guy over there? He's a bucky, niffly. He knows you can't catch him on any dauphin shots. He, he knows it backwards and forwards. Everything. Knows it all about pair backward like ashray. He says, oh, so he's the, he's the, no, 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 he's not. He says, so who is? He says, that guy over there. He says, what? but he's not the, he doesn't have the, the, the biggest bakias. He doesn't have the lumbus. He doesn't have the, uh, he doesn't have that smother even as that, as the other. So why, why is he the best? He says, because that bachar wants it more than anyone else. He wants it. He just wants to be a Talmud Chacham. That's all he wants. And that's why he's the greatest guy in the, in the yeshiva. And that bachar was, of course, the stipler, the young stipler. And within a few years, he became one of the Rosh Hashivas of, like, the second biggest branch in the Vardik and Pinsk. He became front and center. He became front and center, the greatest Talmud, the greatest Marbitz Torah in the Vardik. And all because of this bikush that he had, but he didn't have the natural innate abilities of Hasmada, of Lumdus, of obviously he was, you know, he was still the stipler. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. But he was not the best in all those departments. But he figured out that the way to get there, we don't know the other boys in that base medrash. We don't know the biggest masma today in that base medrash who it was. We might not ever know who those people were. 
But the stipler we know because he understood this Yisrael that he wrote in his letter. That every daf is atzlocha, every taisa is atzlocha. And before you know it, don't be miyayish, because before you know it, hatzlocha will come, it will arrive at your doorstep, slowly. Piece by piece, break it down. HaKadosh Baruch is very machshav our Tyra. I saw a sefer that brought, I saw B'Shem, I heard B'Shem a, uh, I think it was a Shlema Kluger, but don't hold me to it. But somebody says a beautiful vart on the famous Pasuk over here. Ma'ahapti Seira Secha, Kalayayim Yisichasi. How much do I love your Tyra, says David HaMelech? All day it's my talk. I schmooze about Tyra all day. I talk about Tyra all day. Is that true? Do we really talk about Torah? Did David HaMelech have the opportunity all day to talk about Torah? He was the Melech of Israel. There are Gemaras that he was, he was the general. He was thinking that how to be Mepharnes Klal Yisrael. He wasn't talking Torah all day. So the Sefer says, it wasn't David HaMelech saying, This was a quote that David HaMelech was saying from the Rabbi Nishayim. The Rabbi Nishayim was saying these words. How much do I love your Tyra that you're learning? Even a little bit of Tyra, you break it down. All I do all day is I take pride, I brag about you. And how beautiful it is that you are learning Tyra in any way that you can. If it's a full day, if it's a half a day, if it's a half a seed, if it's a half a minute, whatever it is that you're able to accomplish in Taira, you don't know how valuable that is. All I do all day is talk about you. Rabbi Shlomo Freifeld says a great vart. Ish kiyafli lindar neder nazir lahazir lahashem The lushen of hafla means neder. The Rambam in a sefer about nedarim calls the sefer sefer ha'afla. Ishkiyafli. If a person does a wonder, like a pella, niflais. If a person does a wonder, what's the wonder? That you took a neder to do something. What's so wondrous about a neder? A wonder? Would you call a neder a wonder? A wonder is a, a, a neder is like a formula that you do. And I say like, I want to wake up early, you know, to go to davening. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to give a certain amount of tzedakah. I pledge a certain amount of blat uh, gemara, you know, by next simchas That's a nether. What's so wondrous about that? That's a wonder. So he says, yeah, it's a pella. You know why it's a pella? Because a human being has very little self-confidence that he could do something great. We look at other people, yeah, they're the greatest Masmid, they're the greatest Lamdan, they're the greatest Machabri Svarim, they have it all, you know, they were able to pull it together, they're, they got a great Shtela, they got a great Rabbanus, they got a great uh, Shir, they give a great Dafyayim, I'm just like a regular guy. I'm one of those, you know, regular, off-the-radar type of guys. Nothing amazing about me, I, I don't think I could do it. He could, he's amazing, he's a big Masmid. Yeah, I, I don't have that as smudge. he's a big Lamdan, I don't have that, that ability to be a, lam, a Lamdan. He is a great bucky. I don't have that ability. Really? Suddenly, you make a nether. I'm not advising to make a nether, but bli nether. You make a nether, let's say, every day I want to wake up for davening. Uh, 
A minute before you made that nether was impossible. I, I, I'm, I'm attached to my bed. I can't get up. I can't. I, how many guys come over? I can't get up in the morning. You can't? You, you mamish, you think you can't? Suddenly you make a nether, and guess what? You're at davening. Poof. So, the wonder of a nether is that it enables you to actualize something that you thought you couldn't do. I can't finish a misafra. Really make a nether that you'll finish a misafra. You'll finish a misafra. That's a pella. It's a pella that a person is able to realize potential that he did not know that he could do just because he made a nether. What we're learning today is that it's humanly possible, even for the weakest amongst us, to taste greatness slowly and incrementally, and that's the way to win. You know, the famous story about the rabbit and the, and the, uh, the tortoise and the hare, you know, the turtle that was very slow, and there was a rabbit that was very fast. And the rabbit that was very fast, you know, he was going to win the race for sure. All the money was on him all the smart money, because he's the rabbit. But you know what happens to the rabbit. The rabbit is like, you know, he's, he's so, you know, full of gaiva that nothing, you know, he takes a nap and he goes, uh, he goes to the pizza store and whatever, and he's just like so cocky that he's going to win, that he, 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 he rests on his laurels. So he takes his time and he's like chilled and he's, in the meantime, the turtle, he's just, he just wants to get to the finish line. It's taking him a year and a half to get to that finish line, but he keeps going every single day a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And of course, the end of the day, the turtle wins the race. And that's exactly the way it is when it comes to Tyra. That's the, I don't think there's a greater muscle about Slach and Tyra than that story, that, that fairy tale, that, 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 that you know, bedtime story. Because... That's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Every person that I know that was matzliach in learning, me personally, I'm not talking, I could quote the Chassam Seifer, I could quote a million Gedalim who, who testified to this that they saw in their life, but I could tell you myself that the greatest Talmidim that I have, the greatest friends that I have that are Talmidim, they were not the sharpest guy in the base bench at all. At all. The only different, the guys that were the sharp superstars, nothing amounted to them. Nothing. You will never hear about them. You will never know about them. Because nothing ever amounted. They were so smart. They were so ahead of the class. They were so... They, they just didn't feel they had to put any work into it. But the guys that were so hard on, on, on themselves, working themselves hard, because they realized that they had so much to accomplish with, with limited faculties, limited kalim, they tried so hard and they tasted success and they were able to be Rabbanim, Rosh Yeshivas, Rosh Kailim, Balabatim Chashuvim Admaid. Because they wanted it so bad, like the stifler. And everything, every morsel that they were able to taste, they made a kiddush for themselves. They made a seam for themselves. They felt that tangible success, satisfaction, slowly. They were the ones that were matzliach. And getting back to the question that we started with about why the Aaron of all the Kalim, 
the Aaron that's Misamel Taira, that symbolizes the Kayach of Taira. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu give us such strange measurements, two and a half by one and a half by one and a half? Why the half? Round it off. Make it whole. The answer is very simple. The Rabbi Nishraelim was telling us, each and every one of us, that the way to accomplish Tyra, the way to succeed in Tyra, the way to be kind of the Aaron for yourself, is in half measures. If you're looking at the whole football stadium, the whole all hundred yards, it's impossible. Break it down. First down by first down. Yard by yard. Lamp post by lamp post. Climbing the tree one step at a time. Any of the metaphors that you want to use that we learned about today, that's the way to be a Ben Tyra. That's the way to be a Masmid. That's the way to become a Tamar Chacham. That's the way to realize Hatzlacha and learning. It's not by looking at Shas and saying, it's impossible, I can never finish Shas. You know how many thousands of people finish Shas every seven and a half years in MetLife Stadium? People that would not be able to naturally, they're able to do it, you know how? One daf at a time. Shas, I can't do it. You ask a guy learning dafiyami, brachas, dafbezim, and aleph, you're going to finish 2,711, no, not me. But you know what? Seven and a half years later, one day at a time, maybe skipping a day here and there, maybe going through some bouts of, uh, you know, that you get derailed, but you get back on. Shas! You could be kind of shas one daf at a time. If that's too much of a goal, you could be kind of shas a daf a week. There's a daf ha-shavua program that's very popular now. That's getting a lot of traction. Okay, it'll take you 49 years to finish shas, so what? One daf a week, and to know a daf a week, you know what that is? You know what the Rabbi Shalom, you know, Kalayemi Sichasi talks about this all day. You want to finish the Masechta that we're learning in Yeshiva? You could do it. Or if you can't do it, then finish the daf and know it well. That's your, that's your Masechta. Whatever your abilities are, make your touchdown line appropriate and then feel the success and revel in it and understand how amazing an accomplishment it is to have been able to do a little bit of the Ratzon Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, break down the Aaron into half. Taira, if you break it down into pieces, that's how you'll accomplish the Aaron. Don't look at it as the whole. Three, two, two, no, no, no. Two and a half, one and a half, one and a half. Doable goals, reachable goals. Accomplishable. That's how you'll accomplish the Aaron. That's your Aaron. Your personal Aaron is to make things half, to make things easy, to break it down, bite-sized. And whatever you need to do, you discuss it with your Rav, you with your Rebbe, and you figure out what's doable, what's really attainable for you, and where you can set your CM goals, and what you show, and how much a day, and how much a Seder, and how much, and that's, and then you'll, you'll build, you'll grow. And you'll feel good, you'll feel success. Maybe not immediately, like the stifler says, but if you take your pulse once a year, and you measure your growth, you know, once a year, then it's big. I have uh, one of my daughters, um, you know, I made a, in my parents' house in Long Beach, so uh, we were there for a while when we were doing construction on the house, 
And we, I wanted to measure, she wanted me to measure growth. So in, in one of the rooms in the house, I took a pencil and I, you know, put a line where her head was. And, um, you know, and then she kept going back. How can we see today? And like day at a time, nothing. You know, even a month at a time, there was no growth. But we came back a year later. She was like, Tanay Nahara, like a half a head taller. And then another year later, another half a head taller. You can't measure things day by day. It doesn't work like that. But if you come back and you look at yourself a while later, suddenly you see, wow, I've shtied, I've grown. You might not be able to see it, but other people see it in you. Your parents see it in you. Your abame see it in you. Your friends see it in you. The growth is like, you can't deny it. But don't measure success day by day. Just do it day by day. Learn day by day. And then success will be so apparent over the course of time. That's how every single person that was matzliach in learning did it. This is the secret to success in learning. Period. Chatsi, chatsi, chatsi. Break it down. Get the first down. Get the first down. Get the first down. And then the touchdown is inevitable. This is the Isaida Taira. This is something that the Taira is giving us, the secret in the Aran. All the Kalim are so rich and so pregnant with so many Isaidas that we need to know. But as B'nai Taira, the most important clea to focus on is really the Aran, because that's all we want as B'nai Taira. That's all we should want. But don't ever get into a state of yish. That's the worst thing. The Sahara has us so easily miyayish on our goals and our skills and our accomplishments. And he makes it feel, ach. That's the greatest challenge to a ben Taira, to overcome that hurdle. And the Taira itself told us, the Rabbi Shalom gave us in the Midah of the Aaron, half, 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 that's the secret. Three secrets to success. Chatsi, chatsi, and chatsi. That's the whole secret to success. Break it down. Don't look at a whole seder, a whole day, a whole night. Slowly. Do it slowly. Take a break. Be good to yourself. Be nice to yourself. Give yourself rewards. Feel good about it. But slowly, 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 that wins the race. We should all be zaycha. The Haravna, we should taste the sweetness of Taira. The sweetness of Taira comes from half. Not from too much. Don't overdo it. Be nice, doable, success. Saif HaKavid Labay. By understanding this great secret that the Taira gives us. Have a good chance.